This episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service showing exceptional films from around the globe. Every day, Mubi premieres a new film. From award-winning masterpieces to festival-fresh gems, movies you've been dying to see or ones you've never heard of before, there's always something new to discover. For a limited time only, during the Cannes Film Festival, you can try Mubi for three months for just $1. Till the end of the festival on May 25th, go to mubi.com slash filmcomment to claim the offer. That's M-U-B-I dot com slash filmcomment for 90 days of hand-picked cinema for just $1. The Film Comment Podcast is sponsored by Kino Lorber, presenting Diamantino, winner of the grand prize at Cannes Critics Week and an official selection of the 56th New York Film Festival. This gonzo Portuguese comedy hits theaters starting May 24th. The magazine Counterpunch calls Ovid.tv indispensable for its selection of films such as Symbiotic Earth, on economic justice and environmental and political issues. You can download Ovid's app from the Apple and Google app stores. Ovid is available also on Roku, Amazon's Fire TV, Apple TV, and at www.ovid.tv. Welcome to the Film Comment Podcast. This is the latest edition of our Cannes podcast. Uh, my name is Nick Rapold. I'm the editor-in-chief of Film Comment. And we have another whole slate of films to go through. Things have really picked up. Um, I'm very pleased to be joined for this episode by... Amy Taubin, contributing editor at Film Comment. And... Justin Chang, film critic for the Los Angeles Times. So uh, today, I mean, we all just came out of... <laughs> Wild Goose Lake, but I think we all need to digest that movie a bit more. So we'll just we'll put that to the simmer for a while. But there was plenty else that we haven't talked about so far, and and one of that is one of the like most anticipated films. I think even though it's already released in Spain and had a even some like a, I think U.S. trade reviews of it a little bit. Yeah, uh, and that is of course Pedro Almodovar's Pain and Glory. Pain and Glory. Dolor y Gloria. Yes, uh, Pain and Glory. And what, what did we think of it? Well, it certainly is the best-received film so far. I just looked at all the stars at the back of screen oh, yeah. by far. Um, I don't know what I think of it yet. I mean, yeah. I think it's, it's a very good film. And the last section had me in a puddle of tears. Yeah. Uh, and... I am sure that gay men of a certain age finally have a serious, moving, beautiful film mm -hmm. to call their own. Um, you know, I always like him when he's crazier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. I think I really loved it. Um, and it took me a while to realize that I think it was that it has an amazing third act and an amazing final scene in particular where uh certainly won't give it away but just it just snaps into place in a way that feels very you know was a lovely surprise and yet also very much of a piece with Amodovar and his his kind of games with truth and artifice and cinema yeah. and reality so um uh, yeah and you know i i like probably all of us, I've gone up and down with him over the, you know, in recent years in particular, I think he's been very uneven. And so this, you know, it's a, you know, dramatic self-portrait, although I think in interviews he's sort of not denied, but kind of maybe try to diminish the idea that it is him. Although, you know, you have 
Antonio Banderas playing him with this wild shock of hair that couldn't really be anyone else's, but you know, yeah. it's, he doesn't, you know, he's not coming completely right on and saying it, but it's, it's, uh, it's incredibly moving and I think it comes together beautifully. Yeah. And it is a stunning performance. Yes. Uh, oh, that's my, definitely my favorite part. Yeah. I, I mean, he's, uh, Banderas, he's, he's, who's, who's playing, I mean, I guess when the movie s- starts, he's basically playing a kind of like director who's out of, out of commission <laughs> right now and uh, is spending his, kind of falls into, I don't know if there's drug use that preceded the film, but he, he definitely is, is happily like tranquilizing himself uh, through, um, what, what is it there? He's, he's smoking heroin, heroin right? Heroin, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a great performance. It also seems like a performance he's having a lot of fun with. It just seems like on a, on a just purely pleasurable level as, as an actor, he's having fun as a mimic because you can see him just kind of channeling a, a Moldovar and the, the sense that he was given permission to do that uh, is, is nice. And just, it's also just very, there's a tenderness and a quietness to it. Um, yeah, I, I was skeptical when I heard people say, Oh, this is his best performance. It's like well, I don't know what, what what that would mean, but I I I was definitely moved by it. What's what's the the, the span of the film also is is interesting because I have to say that about an hour in, I was like, is this really it? It's just him kind of like conking out in a, in a room and kind of bickering with one of his former stars because like the early plot line is that he he um, he is going to go to a Q and A. <laughs> Uh, and he, he has to gather up, he has to round up, and con- or he has to convince his uh, former star of his for this film that they're going to show that's like 30 years old. Um, and actually, you know, you could make a whole movie about clips from directors rehashing their, their Q&A nightmare experiences. This could be in like a Hong sang Su film. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he has, yeah. And it's amazing that they stay too, you know, <laughs> <laughs> waiting like for over long half an hour. Or yeah, so. yeah. But it's, 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 it, it is, yeah, it, it does take a while for that. And then they're also doubling back with these flashbacks to his childhood uh, with his mother. And at one point they're living in kind of like a almost catacomb-like tunnel or cave under a lighthouse, uh, which is just a wonderful detailed and but yeah it, it it develops from there but for a while i was afraid and it was penelope just, cruz plays his mom yeah washing the film pretty much opens with a bunch of moms her one of them washing their clothes in the river yeah which is kind of amazing image yeah and singing too and and just little, little pedro just get having such delight in their song it's it's a very sweet start as an admirer of a motivar but not a scholar or anything but you could just sense almost subliminally that there are so many callbacks to his earlier films and you know um of course you know and banderas from law of desire which you know 30 years uh, mm-hmm. it's, you know 30 years old as well and yeah. and and just um you know the 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 caves have reminded me of volver in some ways so mm-hmm. there's there's yeah. all of that so it's very it's it's self-reflexive as well as um you know reflective and um yeah but uh, yeah it, the structure took a while to kind of grip me as well and and there's always it's funny it's he's, it's very elegantly done the the back and forth and yet there's also a little bit of uh, i don't know i guess you can sometimes sense the shifting of gears and then but then you really you know it's i thought the way he focused on okay his mother and then his first kind of you know that realization that he that he's gay and the first kind of glimpse of desire and then yeah and then his uh, the addiction and the addiction to making movies it's all it all it's it's, it's it all the way he kind of ping pongs among those three or four threads really uh it was well you know it's very economical film too but i mean it made me really feel like 
it did scramble my brain um, <laughs> because in those very early films, Banderas is so much the object of the camera's desire, mm -hmm. and here he's playing Pedro. Um, so I kept thinking, well, this is about desiring yourself? No, it's about desiring the other? No, it's about desiring <laughs> yourself. It's really weird. Yeah, it's true. And he's definitely like a watcher. You, Banderas' eyes are always kind of moving and, and listening and looking. Yeah, it's, 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 and sometimes he even just seems to be observing like the predicament he's in, you know. I mean, at one point he goes to pick up drugs and he, at a certain point he's just like, where am I, you know? Because there's like a street fight breaks out right next to him. And it, and it, I mean, it's a really delicate um, balancing act, I think the movie does, yeah. It, it does, and I, I totally get what Amy said too about wanting it to be crazier, and it's because the, mo the mood of the movie is very elegiac, and so it, I, and I feel like in some ways he's, with the exception of that really terrible airplane movie he made a few years ago. I'm so excited. We can pass uh, over that. <laughs> pass over that. I'm sure he wants to as well. He, I think his his tendency has been to just become more more muted, more with with down to the color schemes. Even or, or it's it's not as you know the, the it's not as farcical. It's not as you know tonally kind of broad. It's it's just and I don't know. It's I think you you do miss some of the the outrageousness perhaps, but. Um, but it feels fitting too. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's 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 he, it's a very grown-up movie. <laughs> it is, yeah, which is a little unfamiliar. A mature work. Mature, mature work. Well, people, you know, he's certainly hit that mature stride long ago. So, yeah. yeah, but yeah. It's, it's almost like he he he's clearing away some of that to 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 do this kind of harder turn in inward, um, but with without without taking away the, the the pleasure of it. I mean, each shot still looks looks great. They're wearing cool shirts, you know. It's like there's some basic pleasures like that, and and then you know, yeah, even even there's still like um, I don't know. There, there's a there's a, um, a kind of rascaliness to the conceits of some of like the visual schemes, such as that that tunnel home that that they live in, um, and I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's some old over. I mean, I do have to say not to like throw a wet blanket on what we've just been saying, but it was a movie that was built up very much to me. And so it's, it's, I, I, am not sure that I, I, I view it as, as sort of the, you know, culminating masterpiece that sure. a lot of people do, but with a director like him, I'm kind of willing to, you know, see it again maybe. And, and, and yeah. And it's press screening in New York is the day we get back. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good. I'll go straight to that from the airport. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny too because it's it was built up for me as well, and I was trying to just you know get that all out of my head as I as yeah. I went in. Um, but uh, I also think you just just you know this there's this all. I know we're not. I don't know if we're in the business of handicapping, and I'm not very good at it ever. But it's like the whole this is his year. You know, he's someone who's never won. He's won a lot of prizes at Cannes, but never never the big one. And so yeah. I think there's a lot of sentiment in his favor on that right. score and you know and it's still very early of course in in the festival to yeah. be talking about that but, but if not him banderas certainly d absolutely deserves it and there's been nothing comparable yeah i have to agree with that except maybe, except maybe the uh the i don't know the the rebel in in baccarat he's he's pretty good too the oh, <laughs> but that's a tiny part that's true <laughs> or udo kier or yeah <laughs> He can, yeah, he can have his own prize, the Kiers. Um, but uh, it was actually a very busy day uh, yesterday because another like 
pretty anticipated film because it was a debut feature in the in the competition uh, was Atlantique uh, by the debut feature of uh, Maddie Diop. Uh, so that was in, in the afternoon for for everyone, I think. Um, and and Amy, you were you were a big fan of this. I am a big fan. Actually, I went twice because yeah. I went uh, the day before at night, and can for short people is difficult because the subtitles play so the english titles play so far below the screen yeah so if you're in certain positions you don't see the titles so i was doing this in my bad reading the bad the french titles with my bad french and i really didn't get the film uh so but i liked it a lot so i went back to see it again and i think it's a really really strong and extremely moving film i mean it's a coming of age uh, um, teenager in Ivory Coast um, and when you begin to understand the film what it's about is how you establish your own truth inside of various systems so there are actually three kinds of possibilities one is the Dijin, which is, you know, it's it's not really a cargo coat. It's a very big religion or belief system all over the world. Mm -hmm. It's kind of about demons and fairies huh. who take possession of people. Yeah. Uh, and it has a lot of nature stuff in it. So the film is very b much built. All the cutaways are these gorgeous cutaways to the setting sun or the rising yes, sun yeah. or the moon above the dark water yeah. or the water itself. Yeah. And then there is traditional Islam, mm -hmm. who for this young uh, woman is a very bad trip. And then there is a police investigation, and the policeman is actually the second lead in the film because he has to discover whether his investigations and the police being on the side of the very rich people in this town yeah. uh, and are being totally corrupt in a very quiet way, yeah. if that's the story he wants to continue. But it's a love story. She is in love with this young boy, man, who goes to see uh, smuggling migrants to Spain, mm -hmm. and she is about to marry a very rich guy to become his second wife because he lives mostly in Italy and not mm -hmm. on this little poverty-stricken town on the Ivory Coast. And he disappears, and she. there are various stories about where he is and what he's done. Yeah. It's very, very rich, it's very beautiful, and I think the actors are fabulous. It's also one of uh, several films here, the other one being Papicha, which is about relationships between women mm -hmm. and women supporting uh, one another in fairly terrible circumstances yeah. uh, and also betraying one another yeah. because in Papicha uh, it is the militant fundamentalist islamic women who are doing much most of the destruction yeah yeah i mean just to toss in a night another title along those lines 
beanpole is also about a very fraught relationship which we, we talked about that already but um yeah i mean i this is this is a movie where it's it's sort of on the surface seems sort of straightforward for a while that it's just it's going to be about the mystery of where all these men who are construction workers that were introduced to earlier have gone um and then it might just be about like some sort of you know, migrant immigrant movie that's along with the wave of immigrant migrant um, documentaries and films that we've seen. But then it's it comes into its own total identity. And I I like that it's a story of a look at the migrant crisis through this very particular perspective. I I certainly haven't seen that seen it done that way. You've seen you know many documentaries, of course, and so but done through this you know through the perspective of those who are at home who are sort of in left behind and it's the tragedy of the loss of her the love of her life and uh and um and i i i just love the i love the gin stuff i really did yeah and just you know just even down to the very the kind of the lo-fi of course you know sort of um effects what to, to the effect, extent that you can even call them effects you know it's the, all in the, the white eyes. eyes yeah it's all and it's it's quite eerie and um I, but but done with uh total confidence i think even though they're they're very much ellipses here you know and, and there are things that are i think deliberately left out yeah um there's i it's it's a very mysterious film still in many ways but yeah i, yeah. I liked it a great deal um and then amy you you even want to talk about pepicha a bit since that kind of connects in if that's like, have you talked about it we yet? have not no oh, not at all okay that's an insert a certain um, regard title yeah pepicha which is set in algeria after the fundamentalists have taken over mm-hmm. and there are young women who have ambitions and who can't quite believe that their lives have been radically changed by this change in power and who are going on behaving as if they were free and it very quickly becomes clear that they are not but one of them has an ambition to be a fashion designer and not to just go off to Paris and work in the back room of some guy who's so supposed to be talented, but stay <laughs> there and do this. And really dreadful things happen in this movie um, to women. And at the very beginning, there is something that really terrible that happens. Uh, the circumstances are dire, but they have courage and... Um, it's hard to believe they will be put down. And I ran into two young women, probably uh, in their early 20s yesterday, who were very, very angry because, you know, they do uh, polls in the back of the trade magazines. Oh, yeah. And the poll for Pepicha was only three and a half stars, and they thought it should have five. <laughs> um, and they thought it was one of the best movies they'd ever seen. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, with a film like that, it's it's I, I mean, I hope people come come to see it uh, after, after listening to this podcast, because the problem with a certain regard titles like that is it can kind of get pushed to the side a little bit. And especially just the general s- scheme. I'm as guilty of this as anyone that, you know, oh, <laughs> people in oppressed society, you know, there are about like four or five of, of, of those. In, um, and it's hard, it's hard to separate those that are more successful from, from those that are less the schedule this year this is kind of a inside detail, but it's uh, is very unkind, I think, to uncertain regard. I don't know because they're oh, screening yeah. at eight thirty in the morning now, and so people, I think, and I'm guilty of this too, yeah. are less inclined to wake up 
for them, you know, because they used to, of course, screen the competition titles that early. And so, yeah, it is. Know. It is unfortunate that they've kind of flipped. It used to be something you could catch in the afternoon, maybe b- between things. I mean, I, I was optimistic and thinking, oh, people will treat it like it's the old Lumiere early screens, but not exactly happening. <laughs> Have those screenings been pretty open? Yeah. yeah. I went to the, the beanpole one, but yeah, which was yeah. pretty full, but. Yeah, no. the highly anticipated <laughs> beanpole. I really want to say that I really like beanpole I did a too. lot. Yeah. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. You did it. We before. we we did it. Yeah. If you want to say a bit on. I mean, on, I yeah. like the two. I think the two women are both absolutely amazing actresses, yeah. and the quieter one or the one with the less showy role, mm-hmm. at a certain point, has tells everything. She has this monologue. That is just so devastating. Mm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. She has this kind of smile that is weirdly incongruous sometimes to the act with the action. And yeah. it's like a, a cover for, you know, but yeah, the, the trauma that she's endured. And, um, yeah, it's, I, I was really pretty knocked out by it. Yeah. 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 I, I won't, I won't repeat yeah. my, Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my, my my myself, but uh, yeah, I mean that's a movie I want to want to return to. I, I... While the masters of international cinema grace the closet, movie brings the best of can to you. This month, stream highlights from the festival's past with movie's annual can takeover series. This year's impressive lineup includes Palm d'Or winner Four Months, Three Weeks, and Two Days, as well as Amores Peros from this year's jury president Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. Plus, career bests from Cannes heavyweights, Gus Van Sant, Hirokazu Koreeda, Takeshi Miike, the Darden brothers, and many more. Plus, if you sign up during the festival, you'll get three months for just $1. From now until May 25th, go to mubi.com slash film comment to claim the offer. That's M-U-B-I dot com slash film comment for 90 days of great cinema for just $1. The Film Comment Podcast is sponsored by Kino Lorber, presenting Diamantino, winner of the Grand Prize at Cannes Critics Week and an official selection of the 56th New York Film Festival. After blowing it in the World Cup, soccer superstar Diamantino embarks on an odyssey involving evil twins, Secret Service skullduggery, mad science, and giant fluffy puppies. The Hollywood Reporter calls it the kind of out-there plot that John Waters might have concocted had he ever taken an extensive screenwriting holiday on ecstasy in the Algarve. Diamantino opens May 24th at Metrograph before expanding to select cities. Good news! From now until May 31st, if you go to www.ovid.tv, you can save 50% off Ovid's regular monthly subscription price for three months. Just use the discount code CAN, C-A-N-N-E-S, at checkout. You'll get Ovid.tv for just $3.50 per month for the first three months of your subscription. So, uh, yeah, Atlantic and Pipicha uh, are, are um, two interesting films put side by side. Um, then there are a couple of other films as well that there were. I mean, it was a, Friday was a busy day, uh, had its highs and its lows. Um, and uh, I mean, Little Joe, this, uh, Jessica Hausner's first film in competition was one, one other film that I think we all saw. Uh, and The Climb. An American independent film uh, that also showed yesterday. A truly, truly disgustingly misogynist film. I mean, so terrible that I ran screaming out of there. Yeah. I can't believe that American, you know, Americans and probably they're probably in their 30s, those guys, 
They're unfortunately my people, they're Jewish upper middle class <laughs> Americans, would make a film so absolutely misogynist about, you know, a kind of off kilter bromance yeah. uh, in which the women are used. You have to ask the question why would any woman in the world be interested in these two guys? And instead, <laughs> they're just being treated totally shabbily by them and the movie, and yeah. they stick around for it. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, just, I don't know, these kind of shrewish, beleaguered characters that are just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, it's about, it's about, it's bromance, it's two guys. The opening scene is basically like a, a recapitulation of the short film that it kind of grew out of, uh, which is two guys biking together up a steep incline, incline, uh, and you know one is happy he's about to get married, then the other one drops the bomb that he has he has slept with the, the fiance, um, and that happens, and then it, it goes on from there. Uh, and yeah, I don't I don't know, maybe I lack some life experience of having an asshole for a best friend, but it was something where I was like, I don't, this movie can end now. I don't, I don't need to see them stick it out. It's like the basic premise is like a non-starter for me. So I don't know. Justin, thoughts? I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't uh, see it? I'm, you are I, so I, lucky. Yeah. I kind of want to now, but no, oh, no. I, yeah. I won't probably, I, I mean, it's 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 all it's it's a weird it's a bit of a weird it's a strange bird this this movie because it's like it's definitely like a Sundance like bromance but he he fills it with these like really um, long you know long elaborate weaving takes um, that take the camera in and out of houses are just very ostentatious you know the first take I timed when they're biking uphill it's like seven minutes um, just because um, and then after a while that just started to annoy me as so many other things did um, and it's it's I mean and it's a comedy but a lot of times they're just like doing the same bit over and over and over again and it's not like these actors were like particularly comic geniuses I thought I don't know if anything like the family members I thought kind of had better like little deadpan bits they were doing uh, being passive aggressive and in different interesting ways, yeah, it just kind of, uh, yeah, a, a, a disappointing. I don't know why, why not just I didn't have any hopes for it, so I, I don't want to say for it, but yeah, the climb was was steep. But I also want to say that why is it here? Because I think that, like, I had a conversation with uh, an Austrian critic who I know quite you know, for years, very, very sweet guy. He loved it. And I started to think that American movies very often here are like, you know, people who are passive aggressive and they keep very large slobbery dogs in small <laughs> apartments so the dogs can do everything to their guests that they're, he, they never could do. Well, that's these movies come to Cannes and that's why they bring them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can't. I, that would be an interesting thing to standard to apply to the different American movies that end up usually at, on September Guard because there's always a few and some, you know, and the, the Kenzen as well, which does a lot of these yeah. movies, movies you might expect encountered at Sundance. Yeah, but, it's know. it's interesting. To, it's interesting to see it like curated like this is the result of curation this is the is this is this i mean just think about looking at this slate like 20 years from now it's like what was going on in american cinema <laughs> oh there's a tarantino movie and then the climb yeah. portrait of an era you know I, I, it's so strange to to think of that i don't know um 
I mean, yeah, this is there's probably more interesting stuff in like a seed or something. Yeah. That, I don't know, but I haven't. But uh, yeah, so that's the climb, and uh, we can we can move on from the climb. Uh, uh, Little Joe was was a totally strange movie for me. I mean, I still don't know quite what to make of it. I mean, all of her movies have a uh, Jessica Hauser's movies kind of have this weird affect and is this just always uh, very like heightened um, it's color scheme to them it's it's they're, they're color coded in a weird way like uh and this is no different um and and i guess i'll just give a little bit of the plot it's it's centered on a uh some company that is designing a plant that makes people happy uh and the plant i have to say the plant company is called plant plant house <laughs> Which I don't know. I had the suspicion that a lot of the dialogue and script were written in German and translated, yes. and that was confirmed when you read her, an interview with her. I just read, um, but anyway, that's uh, uh, and you know weird, unnerving things start happening, radiating out from from these from these plants. The the lead researcher is is a woman with who's divorced, and she has a son, and she takes a plant home pretty soon, and you know strange things happen in the office strange things happen at home and, and all of it with just a very odd affect generally that makes it hard to um think figure out what's what's going on but and a, i don't know but a plot that's so by the numbers of a horror yeah. plot that there is never a moment where you don't know what's happening next or what the motivation is of various characters yeah. it is very i mean it's almost like someone said we'll make a commercial movie and make it in English, and cast really great British actors like Lindsay Duncan mm -hmm. and Carrie Fox in these mm -hmm. small roles, yeah. and you'll have a commercial hit. And she mm -hmm. couldn't quite make herself do it, <laughs> but so the movie doesn't look like anything no. that you've ever seen as a commercial hit, but the plot is absolutely beat by beat. beat, beat. Yeah the plot of every hackneyed horror film uh, that's about something causes people to get turned into stepford wives or become yeah. zombies, actually, yeah. <laughs> keeping with the zombie yeah. theme oh, yeah. zombie, This is another it is, it is a very zombie festival and very invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. Very, you know, I am, I, I've, I think the reaction to this one has been pretty all over the map uh i yeah. i'm still trying to make sense of why it mostly held me despite all of that and all of the you know it's very expository it's it does, as amy was saying mm -hmm. it just everything is spelled out even and lindsey duncan plays this therapist who's really there just to further <laughs> kind yeah. of elucidate sort of what the heroine is going through which is you know not that hard to understand to begin with so yeah. but she jessica hausner she's so you know, her, she's kind of, yeah, brought her tableau, you know, sort of offshoot of Haneke, although maybe that's just a stereotype because they're both mm -hmm. Austrian, but, you know, you kind of, he's probably the most well-known person who's working in this very stuff, but she takes it to another level of stiltedness and that, you know, whether it's, and I remember her last film and her last film that was here, Amor Fu, where, which was a, a, a period movie and mm -hmm. very kind of also sort of mannered and the dialogue was really and so a lot of this I was just wondering huh, and because it's about a, a, a flower that alters your mood and alters your emotions it's like I was wondering is this deliberate is this you know I was sort of st I'm yeah. still sort of wrestling with that I'm I am kind of curious to see it again but um yeah yeah but it, I, I it's it, there was enough ambiguity there 
for yeah. me to kind of to be really interested. It's just a, it was also a strange. I, I guess this is intentional. A strange like sensory experience because I found like the lighting like it. Yes. It had a the digital was so harsh. I don't know if it was just my screening, but it was, it was no, very it hot. Really is. It was just very hot, <laughs> you know. Um, and that on top of the fact that every that all these plant house employees are all dressed in these like um, green green smocks and. Uh, and, and the plant itself has this sort of yeah. an unnerving uh, feel to it. Uh, really bright red yeah. flowers and under hot purple tinted lights. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. quite beautiful, but uh, yeah, in a almost radioactive kind of looking exactly. way. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the sound also, I don't know, again, I don't know if this was just my screening, but it just, everything's felt very cl closely mic'd in the, in the mix. And that, that became almost a distraction to me. I don't know. Um, it's it's yeah yeah i kind of liked the sound mix at first and then i you know when those noises happen when the plants make weird noises oh, or yeah. the lights make weird noises for the umpteenth time i just had yeah. it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i that's actually something i've noticed in a lot of the movies i feel like I've, I've seen three or four movies that start off with that high-pitched whine to like set set the tone <laughs> And they each Bean think they're pole. being unnerving. Beanpole does. <laughs> I swear I just saw another one today that, that did it. Uh, it might even have been the, the, the Moldavar. Or was it, I know I guess I saw that yesterday, but no, no. it's, I don't know. So all the sound designers decided that this is the moment. They're, they got to get something that's going to top the, the womp sound from like <laughs> the action blockbusters. Um, but I mean, I mean, I, I don't mean to like sound like I'm dumping on this this movie because I am still interested in how she tries to create this, open up this just ambiguous space, uh, like something something like Lourdes, another previous film. It's very interesting because it's it's uh, this weird combination of like a mysterious spiritual space, but also this hyper quaint or clunky like interpersonal space that they combines the two there in this one I, I just it doesn't quite gel well i kind of would like i mean i haven't read any interviews with her mm. um but i kind of would like to know if this is a very naive idea about how to make a movie that would reach more people mm. than a tiny austrian art movie yeah. reaches or if this is some kind of send-up of that idea yeah, like exactly. you're going to give me money yeah. i will fuck you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a, it, send up it's, is a great word because it's like i think the thing that unifies the films of hers that i've seen is is comedy yeah. mm -hmm. and there's always this com, you know and comedy in, in very much in lords even yeah. though it's, this, it's about religious experience but she's very much poking fun at that idea this yeah. very self-serious idea of, you know and and here too it's but i think it just plays clunkier because partly because it's in english and also yeah. and maybe there's but also because it's it just reads as hackneyed because it's a it's a horror not even a quite a horror movie but almost a horror movie yeah i don't know it's maybe there's like a touch of dumont in it just that the, the kind of i don't know clunk, clunk, clunkiness i don't know and then you don't quite know how much he's sending up and how much he's trying to make some stringent statement about something or other um yeah that's it's a bit of a puzzler yeah i mean that is Probably, yeah. Little Joe um, is is probably the, I don't know is the last thing I can remember. I can have anything to say about, but uh, I mean, Wild Goose Lake. Like I said, I think we're all still digesting that. But any final thoughts as we come to another day? Well, I went to Fnac today. Oh, uh -huh. because I wanted to buy someone a copy of the new, the last Agnes Varda film, yeah. which is Varda by Agnes, the documentary. And I was sure that there would be thousands of copies at Fnac. 
Maybe they were sold out, but there wasn't a one. They didn't seem to know about it on the computer, nor was there a single Varda film in all of FNAC on DVD, on sale for regular prices, on Blu-ray, nothing. Even though she is the poster girl (laughs) for the festival. So, uh, but there was a large coffee table book, Zombies in Film, by (laughs) two writers I'd never heard of. Oh, God. Makes you feel hopeless. (laughs) I mean, this is a very obvious point, but it just feels like a, and maybe you guys have made it already, uh, previous podcasts, but it feels like a very genre forward, Mm. especially competition. Um, Yeah. Just uh, the Wild Goose Lake, which we talked about later, uh, you know, is a very hyper-violent thriller and... I won't say anything now because I, I know you. I, I imagine you guys are going to see it the the Porumbuyu, the Cornelia Porumbuyu oh, yeah. tonight. Yeah, I saw that this morning, and it's it's very it's these two are kind of an the, the ones that that oh, yeah. and the Diaoyi non film are kind of a straight thriller uh, double bill in a oh, way, yeah. in, in a lot of ways. So, and then just yeah, and Little Joe, it, it just feels like it feels like I, we're, I'm I've never seen it, seen it at this point in a competition where it's just been one yeah. repurposing of genre after another, and it's exciting. I. I think I'm ready to. <laughs> in some ways, maybe that was why the Almodovar was such a. Oh, you know, I, I know Almodovar yeah. is a genre unto himself, but it's a. It was yeah. nice to see mature. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's it's true. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's hard to know how to read that. If if just you know, do you attribute it to people able to get funding when they can have a tag for things, or do you attribute it to people kind of wanting to play with certain constraints that genre gives you? Um, I don't know. I have a feeling it, it's it's might be just partly that it is easier to pitch something when you can say it's x or, or y or z I don't know. um but uh yeah it's i don't know as if as if to, to like ratify all of this uh i don't think i we mentioned but at the wild goose lake screening at, at lumiere you know who is there as, as super fan number one uh, but quentin tarantino in the audience um making his procession getting almost more of an applause than the poor filmmaker who followed him into the theater down yanan um so yeah, definitely, uh, you know, I'm ready to come back to earth a bit. Well, I think that probably brings us to the end of, of this episode. Um, and we'll tune in next time for more. We're going to have the Terrence Malick film, uh, th- almost well nigh three hours. Uh, and that's probably the biggest title on the media horizon, unless I'm forgetting something. Thank you both. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This episode of the Film Comment Podcast was sponsored by MUBI. With MUBI, each and every film is hand-selected. It's like your own personal film festival, streaming anytime, anywhere. Dive into MUBI's can takeover by heading to MUBI.com slash film comment. That's M-U-B-I dot com slash film comment to get three months for just $1 until May 25th. The Film Comment Podcast is sponsored by Kino Lorber, presenting Diamantino winner of the grand prize at Cannes Critics Week and an official selection of the 56th New York Film Festival, this gonzo Portuguese comedy hits theaters starting May 24th. The magazine Counterpunch calls Ovid.tv indispensable for its selection of films, such as Symbiotic Earth, on economic justice and environmental and political issues. You can download Ovid's app from the Apple and Google app stores. Ovid is available also on Roku, Amazon's Fire TV, Apple TV, and at www.ovid.tv. 
You've been listening to the Film Comet Podcast with music by Greg Einge. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Film Comet is a bi-monthly magazine published by the Film Society of Lincoln Center. Since 1962, Film Comet has featured in-depth features, critical analysis, and feature coverage of mainstream, art house, and avant-garde filmmaking from around the world. Visit us online at filmcomet.com to purchase a print or digital subscription to Film Comet. Or check out our app, available on Android, iOS, or Kindle.